Welcome back to the TNT B&B Podcast. These episodes will involve two longtime friends watching a movie and then discussing it at length. So sit back, mix a drink, because you know we'll be drinking. And listener beware, we will be spoiling the shit out of the movie we watched. Here we go again. We're always saying we're going to be doing more just the two of us podcasts. We never get to it, but we're back with one tonight because we just went and saw a movie. Well, one of us saw the movie yesterday. Fuck you. (laughs) But we actually went and saw Kevin Smith on his inconvenience tour to see Clerks 3, which, as we said, came out this year. There's an IMDb of 6.8, a Metascore of 50, Ron Tomato score of 64% tomato meter, 93% audience, had a $7 million budget, domestically and worldwide, it's made $3,104,992, and of course, it was written and directed by the man, the myth, the legend, Kevin Smith. Well, I know we said we're going to drink some shit on the rocks every now and then, but, well, we got McMaster's. Our liquor cabinet looks pretty low, so we got McMaster's and Diet Pepsi. But on to the show. Yeah. Now, I really liked how he put his own personal life into this. It's a very meta movie for sure. Yeah, Mm -hmm. like... Not only was it his heart attack that was brought into this movie, but it was also his first movie. It was basically the story of him making clerks. Well, they came up with the same exact exact dollar amount, $27,500. Yeah, I mean, there's heavy inside jokes. Oh, we're going to shoot this black and white because this is too awful. Yeah, the inside jokes are prevalent, to say the least. If you know the history of clerks... And Kevin Smith, I guess. The history of Clerks and Kevin Smith. You can pick up on all those one-liners. Yeah, for sure. Um, Yeah, this is... If you're not a Kevin Smith fan to begin with, you're not going to like this movie. I mean, there's no getting around it. No. You either love him or you hate him. And this definitely gave me the chills, made me tear up. This movie gets pretty fucking emotional at moments, for sure. Well, and you're invested in the characters with this movie. Oh, for sure. Because not only did he start off with the original Clerks, which is black and white, which was Kevin Smith's first movie, but then you got the second Clerks, and then now this is the final Clerks. And it's most definitely the final. Cause, yeah. I mean, spoiler alert, they kill off one of them. Yeah, exactly. And I think it was just because he knows that they were very not sure about doing this movie. Yeah, Anderson was always resident to come back. He had to be really convinced to come back for Clerks 2. And then yeah. he was... Because they're not actors in real life, right? They're just, they're no. just Kevin Smith's um, buddies who helped him out. Anderson, I believe, knew Kevin, the guy who plays Don, or Randall, yeah. knew Kevin Smith before. And I think they found Dante like when they were auditioning people at that studio city or second whatever the fuck that stage First was Avenue or whatever. yeah yeah i think he auditioned there and that's how he got cast as dante 
And that was one of the another. That was one of the inside jokes that they did, and they had all these different famous people, like Sarah Michelle Gellar. She voice was a voice actor on his He Man Netflix show. You had Chris Wood and uh, Life Me. I can't remember her name. The chick that plays Supergirl. Yeah, Ben. Ben. Benoit. Yeah. Ben Affleck, of course. Fred Armisen. Yeah, the Impractical Jokers because Q Q used to work for Kevin Smith. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, (laughs) it was. uh, um, He used to like run his merch shit, so people would order it. He'd mail it out. But there was a fucking funny clip that he played on the podcast where. He had gone into, this is kind of how he got hired, too. He went into a bookstore to get, like, the Mallrats uh, script that was put in, like, a paperback. Yeah. And so he goes in there, and the uh, worker at the bookstore is like, we don't carry shit like that. And he wrote Kevin Smith on his, like, fan page or whatever, and... Kevin Smith's like, hey, sorry to hear about that. I'll send you one. But if I send you one, you got to go back in and tell off the fucking worker. So he brings in a tape recorder, walks in there, and just starts cursing out the fucking guy. And <laughs> they played it on Kevin Smith's podcast. It was absolutely fucking hilarious. Huh. And I think that's how he got hired. Yeah. But, I mean, this movie starts off like any clerks does, and then pulling up to the convenience store. And I believe that was a shot for shot from the opening of the first Clerks. Yeah. Which is cool. Well, he was driving a minivan. Right, yeah, yeah. But, but I mean, the whole newspapers and starting the coffee and mm-hmm. doing all that, I think, was the exact same. Yeah, this one was very much like the first one. Like, to a sense. like, But modernized, I guess. And it it shows the evolution of kevin smith's writing he's i mean the first one is kind of just joke after joke after joke after joke with well, some and that's what i wanted intentional to say dialogue. is the first and second one are hilarious they got a lot of one-liners a lot of good jokes yeah the third one is more of the emotional ending of a movie yeah of the series like they brought the one-liners from the last two, brought them to this one, so it wasn't like a comedy. I mean, it was, but it wasn't because everything was sad was brought from the first and second. I mean, you still get your dick and fart jokes, but yeah, but this one was this more one of like hard. It's like makes you realize, I don't know, like they. You can't live like you were fucking in your 20s and 30s into your 40s. Like, it's going to catch well, up with you. it's not even like that. I mean, it's just the fact that... Well, I just look at it as like, hey, you guys can't keep eating like this. Like, when they had a heart attack and she called um, What's-His-Face out after... Yeah, you. if you're the same age and eat the same, you might want to check yourself out, too. Yeah, and he's like, oh, you're telling me I'm going to have a heart attack or I'm going to have heart problems? And then... And then it ended with him dying. Yeah. I I don't mind the fact that Dante died. I, I, it felt kind of cheap that they both had heart attacks. Yeah. Like, I understand I get, that. I get some of him dying, but 
come up with a different way to do it, I guess, you know? Well, and they brought up with um, his wife dying from a drunk, drunk driver. Yeah. So Becky. this is what I wanted to call about the movie. So if my wife and kid died from a drunk driver, I'd probably not drink or touch or be, want, be around alcohol ever again. But then he comes in absolutely shit. Yeah. Because so, he didn't want to go into movies. Yeah, he didn't want to go into movies and do the and because he wasn't in there. Last time he was in there was when she was in there, so he did not want to go in there because of that. Right. But that's one thing I took as that is because I was like, man, if I lost somebody that close and due to a drunk driving or something like that, I would probably not be drinking. Yeah, that or you just, I mean. You could make the argument you wouldn't be driving then either. I might be driving, but I mean, yeah, but you'd have more of a hate towards alcohol than you would normally. Probably. I mean, that's how I would think about it, I guess. But But yeah, like like we said, this movie is pretty fucking heavy. The ending was... Every time he's talking to Rosario Dawson, (laughs) got me. Yeah, like especially the first time when he's sitting at her grave. Yeah, and he's breaking down. Well, and that was another part of that was funny. She's like, "Yeah, yeah, I'm fucking celebrities. Everybody's fucks up in heaven." Like sex drive just increases (laughs) after you die. (coughs) They bring back ass to mouth, of course. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. They brought a lot of the jokes from the first and second, of course, course. like thirty-seven. Yeah. And right there. Yeah, we got a poster of fucking Veronica in here. Yeah, but... Um, it's cool to see her back. I'm sure they would have brought the other chick back, too, had she not died. Yeah. Um, I think she had breast cancer. You're talking about the girl in I don't know. No, the one, um, other girl from Clerks. Oh, yeah, okay. I know who you're, the blonde chick. No, she was dark-haired, but she was the one that was engaged to the Asian design major. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. She had died a few years ago. But no, I I like how they brought in the characters. To be honest, I didn't see him die at the end. I seen him ending up with Veronica because she was telling him to move on. Yeah. I'm... That's how I saw it when I first started watching and they hooked up in the <laughs> car and everything. Yeah, yeah. I was like, Oh, like that's a good way to end this because they had a bad breakup in the first one. The second one, like he had a bad girlfriend and ended up with Rosario, Rosario Dawson. And then she died and then he ends up with this first one. Yeah, she sounds like she has a shitty ex and all that. Yeah, so that's how I took it. But, I've seen that happening for sure. But the thing is, is that how I look at this film the ending was perfect. Him watching, watching him as a young person in his life as the first clerks and then having Rosario sit next to him and she's like, are you ready? And they just walk out the door, which means he's chosen to die. Yeah, like I don't need to see the end. I trust the director, that kind of thing. Yeah, like, so I'm not upset <coughs> with my thoughts of like, that's not how it ended. Like he was not happy ever after with Veronica like the ending itself was unexpected and it was beautifully brought into the sunlight or whatever. Yeah, not only that, but the way 
Randall is describing the movie to him like you've always been the hero of my story and all that. Mm-hmm. That fucking got me too. I mean, do you see those two as us? Kinda. I, I'm more Jane Silent Bob, but yeah. Which their role is kind of tempered a little bit in this movie because they kind of just had their own with reboot. They had their own fucking movie, so they wanted to pitch the focus on Dante and Randall for this one. Yeah. But they had taken over the video store and turned it into a dispensary, which just makes sense. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> um, what do they call their weed? Uh, Snoochie Boochies. Yeah, Snoochie Boochies. There's a few of them. But, um, and Kevin Smith brings in his daughter's boyfriend. Yep. Which is pretty cool. Uh, of course, his wife is back. And a small role. Like, even Moja made an appearance. Yeah. And I love how, like, they talked about, like, her... In the second they talked about her huge clit. And so they just brought that back. Brought that back, yep. It's like, Jesus. Um, His mom made an appearance also. Yeah, and then how they ended it with, instead of her her mom being the crazy person, his daughter daughter. being the milkmaid or whatever. Yeah, which I thought was an awesome, like, bringing modern, I guess, or bringing today in. Like, now I have my daughter that can do this, not my mom. Yeah. His mom is in not the best of health these days, I don't think, either. Well, and she showed up in the audition part. Yeah, but, I mean, she lives in Florida. They probably shot that in her house. Yeah. Whereas they weren't going to fly her up to Jersey to shoot that They actually scene. do it in the convenience store? It said that film at the end of the credits was filmed entirely in New Jersey. So mm-hmm. I would imagine. Which I brought up many times. I was actually in there. Mm-hmm. Bought a pack of smokes and a Mountain Dew, I think, or something. <laughs> but... Yeah, um, I don't know. I love Kevin Smith. He did a beautiful send off. Yeah, I agree. Um, I I just keep repeating myself on that, but like that's what's going through my mind is, I I didn't think about until you brought that up, but like they should have came up with like a twisted fucking kidney or twisted fucking liver. I don't know. What yeah, the fuck. Something. something different or. Um, he had cancer, but they didn't. He had never been to a doctor, so it just killed him right off. Like, yeah, it, it needed to be abrupt so you get that moment where he can watch the film and then die and get that speech from Randall and shit. Yeah. So I understand why that happened, but I mean, having two best friends have two heart attacks two months apart just seemed a little. Well, and I also like that. He did not know that he sold his soul, basically, to get the money for the movie. Yeah. Like, he signed off his part of the convenience store. He, just to get the money for the movie from his ex-girlfriend, or ex-fiance. Yeah. And, um, great. It was, like, that's, so, this is another thing I, I mean, it's just a movie. But, like, Randall getting takeaway from security for trying to be with his friend, like, you could not get kicked out of a hospital for trying to be that secure to your friend. Uh, I mean, look at what they were doing with COVID, though. Yes. <laughs> I mean. True. So, as I think it's perfectly believable at this point. Yeah. Um. But, yeah, that every 
movie, the third act essentially starts with the two of them, or the middle of the third act, having this huge blow-up fight. In the first one, they're fighting over shit or get off the pot. The second one, they get arrested, and he blew up his engagement, essentially. And then in this one, they're fighting about my movie, my life, that all that shit. And he, dre- he fucking dressed him down. Oh, like he basically is like my movie ended when my wife and kids died. Well, yeah, that was that was a powerful fucking. That was a deep speech. Yeah, right there. yeah it fucking like, was, and because he fucking dressed him down. He did not realize that was his life, and it ended. Yeah, and I could see Randall's side though, where he, all he had was him. He didn't have anybody he ever got married to or did any, like, that was his. Yeah, but his whole argument was, I almost died. Like, I could have died, and then you should be helping me with this, where Dante's like, I basically did fucking die Mm -hmm. when my wife and unborn child died. Like, that was the end of my life. So, fuck your life kind of thing. Yeah. Um... I also like how they brought the hockey back on top yep. of the I mean, top. That was pretty sweet. Even like the filming of the cat taking a shit. And yeah, like you got to hold on to this. Stuff. And then he fucking basically is dying on the ground <laughs> because he's like, I'm allergic to cats. We'll just keep holding on to it. Now, that was one thing I didn't really like was the whole Elias character. Right. The fry. Elias. Yeah, the the Jesus yeah, I liked him in Clerks too, but I didn't really like his character in this one. He no. was more annoying than anything else. Yeah, but that's who they were trying to make. Yeah, I, I, like... yeah, I know. I, I'm glad they brought him back for sure, but I just wish they would have done something different with his character. Yeah, I don't know if they just wanted to put him in different costumes or what, but he just kept changing his beliefs. Well, no, he went from being a Christian to a Satanist. That was the big changes, just outfits were changing and more ridiculous all the time. Yeah. But that's Kevin Smith. Yeah. Um, and Silent Bob spoke more in this movie than what he normally has. Yeah, he usually doesn't speak until he the He usually end. has a one-liner, <clears throat> but he's had he had like at least three liners on this one. Well, he did the explanation of why he wanted to shoot in black and white. He took over one line from Jay because he couldn't get it out right. Mm-hmm. That was that it. There's one more, and I can't remember. Yeah, I can't remember. I think you're right, but I can't remember. I think there was at least three, and I was just shocked. So that was another difference about this movie is he started being more vocal. Um, yeah, it could be the marijuana that they're just smoking <laughs> all day. But yeah, I love how at the beginning of the movie he's still he just started packing that, and at the end of the movie it's this big ass baseball bat. <laughs> yep. And they're like, it needs more weed. <laughs> oh man. And then like, there's some real inside baseball, like when they're filming Jason and Jay and Silent Bob dancing outside. Mm-hmm. Like they really had to send everybody in inside for him to start dancing. Oh, Kevin Smith. Yeah. I mean, it was just him and Jason Muse out there. They had to send everybody inside so nobody was watching. So they could just do their To thing. get Jay to dance, yeah. Jeez, that's funny. So there's a lot of inside jokes that 
a lot of people probably won't pick up on. Yeah. But. Which is weird because he used to be able to dance in anything. Well, I mean, that's the thing. He was always used Jay playing Jay, but just couldn't do it on camera for whatever reason. And eventually got it able to do it, but yeah. at first that's it crazy. wasn't working. Um. We say this basically about every Kevin Smith film, but his use of music is fucking phenomenal. Okay, so the opening song, when I first heard that they're doing that with this, I'm like, how the fuck are they fitting I was curious, too, but it worked. It's a good song. And they played the whole fucking song, too. Doesn't have to do with his daughter or something? or (laughs) His daughter was a huge fan of the band. Yeah. And then he actually ended up having... The lead singer, Gerard Way, I think is his name, on his podcast, and they kind of became friends. Okay. He, Gerard Way, uh, wrote The Umbrella Academy, mm-hmm. I think. So they kind of have that as well. So they're kind of kindred spirits in that sense. Yeah. But not only that song, but there were songs in there that I'd never heard before, but they just fit perfectly to what was going on on yeah. screen. Like. Fuck, there was one that was like, fuck New Jersey or anywhere but New Jersey or something yeah. like that. And then the end song was all a pro New Jersey. Yeah. Like, fuck. Yeah, Kevin Smith does a great job with his music choices. Um, I don't know. And this is another thing I wanted to say. Like, when they're trying to make the movies, like, so what do you want me to be? The producer, director, blah, blah, blah. Like, that's Kevin Smith. He does all of this <laughs> shit. Yep. And I liked how I think they were taking a shot at Zach and Mary where every time they say we're making a movie, a porno movie? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was funny. I didn't put that together until you just said that. That <laughs> makes sense now. Yep, that was funny. Dude, I love that movie. A lot of people didn't, but I liked it. I'm... I don't know. Everybody I talk to likes it. Um, but yeah, we were talking earlier. The only one we haven't talked about, I think, was Yoga Hosers. Yeah, I think that's the only one we haven't done a full episode on. But we skipped it because we had just seen this, <coughs> and we wanted to talk about the show we went to. Yeah, which I fell asleep. <laughs> yeah, you. I think you fell asleep twenty minutes into the movie. But now, so at the show, uh, Kevin Smith. Came out and introduced the movie, of course, and of course it's a 40-minute introduction because he's high and just talks and talks and talks and talks, but he had a pretty good story about massage and shit. Mm-hmm. He's just a funny dude. Dude, Kevin Smith is the man, the myth, the legend. He is... He makes wonderful movies. They're all very heart-touching. Um... If you know Kevin Smith, you know why he did a certain movie and how he did it. I guess is the best way to put it. Yeah, I mean. Um, but no, Kevin Smith is. He did Red State, which I I brought this up before, but 
people battled me on this that I said, no, that was Kevin Smith. No, it wasn't. <laughs> yeah. And for when we watched that review, I wish he would do more dark movies like that, possibly. Or cult kind of movies, I guess. Yeah. Um, I don't know what's next on his docket. He's had a couple scripts done. He's, I think he finished The Twilight of the Mallrats, a sequel to Mallrats, and Moose Jaws. Which is supposed to finish his Great North yeah. fucking trilogy. So I don't know. He hasn't announced what he plans on doing next. He's still touring with us, so it'll be a minute before he gets to anything else. Yeah. But I could also see while you're touring, you're writing, you're doing stuff. Well, like I said, I think those your... scripts are done and in the bag and have been for a while. Okay. I could just... I mean, this is how I would be. If I'm not on stage, I'd be on my phone getting casting. I'd be getting things set. Right. Like, I'd be, I'd be rolling with it. Like, well, and and the heart attack kind of changed his trajectory as well because it started. He was trying to get Mallrats going and Moose Jaws. Then he had the heart attack and kind of reevaluated what he wanted to do with his career and. Mm-hmm. He said he wanted to make another Jay and Silent Bob movie, and from that, I think, birthed the idea for Clerks 3. So, yeah, it's like, oh, I could use my heart attack as a storyline to that, and I mean, that's another thing about the movie, is she, the doctor is like, oh, I t- I'm sure you can enjoy, th- or enjoy this conversation, but I see a... A uh, cartoon character on your <laughs> leg, um, <coughs> tattooed. Uh, so th- what you have is called a whittle maker. He's talked about this ad nauseum, but that is a conversation he had with his doctor. Was it? Yeah, and his doc, the doctor in the movie is Doctor Leidenheim. Mm-hmm. That's the actual name of his doctor. Mm. And when he said, "Like, what's your pain level? Negative three? Negative three? You're doing this all wrong." That was an actual con- like that whole thing was in the conversation he had with his doctor. Really? Yeah. At least how he tells it on stage. That's crazy. Yeah. And it, he does kind of he pokes fun at himself too. Like when Dante and Randall are having their huge blow fight, he's like, "You've had a heart attack. Nobody's ever heard you say that. Only for the thousandth time." He's making fun of himself, always talking about his own heart attack. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I. Jason Mewes, which is crazy because when he was on Clerks, the first one, he was all heroined up, wasn't he? I don't think he was on heroin yet. He was on drugs. He, yeah, it was. I think it was coke and weed and drinking. Which, yeah, his energy level is high in that movie compared to this. Then that's why they probably had to go high to do that because he's not on drugs anymore. Did you notice his wife and daughter in the movie? No. They were the one buying cereal, and she called him a fucking asshole. Called Dante or Randall an asshole for saying something ridiculous. Oh, shit, really? It was just, yeah, it was just a two-second clip. And that's the thing about Kevin Smith. He brings in friends and family, and that's what I will respect out of Ben Affleck as an actor is he did not, I mean, I won't call Kevin Smith a little guy, but he is a little guy in Hollywood. Yeah, oh, for sure. Um... And Ben Affleck, who's an A-list actor, 
shit. Like, yep. he's like, no, you're still my boy. And then they had a falling out. Well, it wasn't a real falling out. It just kind of lost touch for a while. And Kevin just decided to reach out. And it's like, absolutely. Well, and you got to look at him this way. Like, Kevin had to reach out to Ben Affleck because Ben Affleck's dealing with so much of his own life that but he would probably never turn on a phone call if Kevin Smith called him. But for Ben Affleck to pick up his phone and just say, hey, Kevin Smith, I haven't talked to him in a while. Like, is, does that make sense? Like, Yeah, but there were, like, Kevin does all these, like, Q&As and speaking engagements. Mm-hmm. I don't know if Ben Affleck actually felt this way, but Kevin felt that Ben felt kind of betrayed because he had told some stories on stage about Ben that maybe he shouldn't have told. Okay. Is what he felt. So he didn't want to reach out because he thought Ben might have been pissed. Whether he was or not, I don't know. He doesn't know. But Well, my favorite story is when they bought Ben Affleck's house. <laughs> yeah. And trying to get delivery. Yep. <laughs> and fuck you, Ben Affleck. <laughs> yeah, he he has a lot of stories about Ben that maybe Ben didn't want to be public. Yeah. I don't think that being one of them, because that story is just fucking funny. I love that story. Like, when I hear that, I just laugh every time. Yep. That's a good one. Um, I don't know. I'm trying to think of any other parts of this movie, but like I said, you're not going to like it if you're not a Kevin Smith fan. And, I mean, I'd rate this a 9.8 just because I love Clerks. Yeah, I mean. And the... It's not the best of clerks, it's the weakest of clerks, but it's the end it's the ending of the series that makes it so good. Yeah. It, I would have loved more of like a surprise like the second one, like a donkey show, like something throwing in there. Yeah, was there like, was no like holy shit moment in this movie other than Dante dying, I guess. Yeah, but, but that's just sad. Like that's Yeah, not... yeah. Or like the shit shot in mm-hmm. Zack and Miri. There was no Oh my god. Yeah, so there was not a moment like that, but I'd rate the whole series a ten out of ten. Like I just, yeah, I would like to watch the first one, second, and this one. We should do that sometime for sure. And just I mean, winter's coming, so we have days that we could just do that. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I think it. Like I said earlier, it kind of shows the evolution in his writing and storytelling. The first one is more or less just a straight comedy. There isn't really too much emotional shit. There's kind of a, all right, let's get our shit together moment at the end. The second one, you get a little bit more emotion with yeah. him and Becky and him and Dante buying the fucking quick stop. But then this one hits you over the fucking head with a hammer. Yeah. Like, this one isn't nearly as funny as the other two. But holy fuck, I, it, I had legit tears watching it, and I'm, I'm trying to hide it because I'm in a fucking balcony. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm get, it got me a couple times. Even watching it a second time, it got me. Oh, it got me, yeah, for sure. I was it's definitely a hoodie movie. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I, I love this movie. It is definitely in the top tier of Kevin Smith's 
filmography for sure. Well, now I gotta break his. You know, you gotta break his down into series now, like the Clerk series, the um. Fuck! I was just gonna say Bill and Ted. <laughs> Jay and Bob. Jay, Jay and Silent Bob <laughs> series, and then you got the. Uh, I guess it's True North. Even though Red State isn't part of that yeah. True North, but it's kind of his. But now you got now you can't just rate Kevin Smith movies as movies. You got to rate them as a series. Yeah, I mean, and I. W- I mean, this was our fourth time seeing Kevin Smith live. Third, I think. Some Fat Man Beyond in Detroit. Jane Silent and Bob get old here. And then this one. Okay, I thought it was more. We were going to go see Reboot, but something happened. We couldn't go. When he took Reboot on the road. Yeah, I thought we saw Reboot. No, we didn't go see him for that. I don't think he came to Grand Rapids. It was in Detroit. Oh, okay. But I think that's why we didn't see him. Yeah, and I think he's realizing he needs to go to Grand Rapids. Yeah, he seems to like it here. Well, the biggest thing about Grand Rapids, I'm just going to say it, is anybody north of here does not want to drive four hours to Detroit, but they'll drive two hours just to go see Kevin Smith from out north to Grand Rapids. Yeah, but... You get the bigger Lansing, Kalamazoo, Battle Creek, all those places will drive to Detroit. But Grand Rapids is better than the capital. Just gonna say Red, well, yeah. For sure. I mean, the two best spots in, Grand, or in Michigan right now are probably Mich- Detroit and Grand Rapids. For something like that, absolutely. Yeah, if you're not going to. And it wasn't a sold-out show, either. There were empty seats. Yeah, there was, which but, was weird. I mean, not a lot, but there were a few. Yeah, I think I pissed the guys off next week. Because you were falling asleep and snoring and drooling and shit. <laughs> <laughs> that happens. <laughs> but, yeah. yeah. We didn't stay for the full Q&A because I had to piss so bad. Yeah. And, and, I mean, we've seen him Q&A before. It's going to be the same story a little bit. Yeah, well, people ask the same stupid questions. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's an interesting question. If you were to ask, be in a Q&A with him and ask him one question, what would you ask him? How did he come up with 37? Seriously? <laughs> you know, just as a, like, it's kind of like a comedic kind of thing of a way to ask a question like i want to ask anything serious it'd be like how do you come with 37 dicks and it'd really throw him off because you're like holy shit nobody <laughs> asked me this you know what i'm saying yeah, yeah. See, right up you see you, you you uh i didn't have time to think about it but that would be the first thing off the roll by tongue that i would think right. see i've actually thought about it and the question that i would ask him is because i'm fascinated with his musical choices so i would ask him what his process is for picking out songs does he think of the song first like i want to put this song in this movie and then write a scene around the song or does he write the scene and then pick a song and also, if there was a song that he desperately wanted to use, 
but for whatever reason couldn't get the rights for it because it was too expensive or whatever it may be. Yeah. So that would be my question for him. Interesting. Because like I said, every single one of his movies, the song choices are, and a lot of the times I've never heard the song before, but it just fits. Yeah. So I've always been curious as to why and how he picks his music. Not just him, but directors in general. Yeah, I mean, him would be a great question to ask because he does a great job where there's some movies I'm like, why the fuck did he choose this one? Yeah, because I remember watching his review of the Ragnarok trailer. The Thor trailer. Yeah. And they had Immigrant Song by Led Zeppelin. And he was going crazy over how that they got the rights to that song because it's so fucking expensive to put into a movie. Yeah. So I was just curious how he goes about getting the rights to a song and how he picks them and all that shit. Mm-hmm. I just find that interesting. Yeah. But yeah, I, solid flick, man. They all are. Yeah, and hopefully we probably should just finish up Kevin Smith in the next week or two and do yoga hosers and all that. Yeah, and then we got a Fast and Furious we got to do, and yeah, we haven't. We're gonna have to set a date for Russia so we can start prepping for that. Russia's gonna be bad. That's not something we can just. Okay, we'll do that tomorrow. We got to kind of plan for that. Yeah, I've already kind of just gonna do a banger on that. <laughs> when I say a banger, I'm like, yeah, jokes on everyone. There is no good Russian films. I'm done. Well, there is, and I'm glad I saw one beforehand, so I had it in the bag. I just have to watch it. Yeah, well, Chernobyl, Russian. It was a show, and it was American, mm. based in Russia. There you go. I mean, at that point, just do From Russia With Love, James Bond. <laughs> yeah, fuck it. <laughs> I come with my own rules. I didn't do a Russian movie. I did a movie with the title, with Russia in the title. Yeah, because all the other shit. <laughs> but, oh, God damn. All right, well... Yeah, uh, Kevin Smith. You got if you're not a Kevin Smith fan, sorry, you just listened to 40 minutes of bullshit. But you gotta love the man. If, yeah, if it hasn't been made clear by now, we are huge Kevin Smith fans. Yeah, uh, we have quite a bit of Kevin Smith shit in this room. Yes, we do. <laughs> yeah. But, all right. Well, till later, maybe Russia, maybe our buddy from our horror yeah, fan buddy. Black Phone and Sweetheart. You never we'll know. get to that eventually. You never know. But I think either way, um, we should do Wednesday night podcast. Either it's with our friends or just us because Thursday is my later day. So if I can get home at 4.30, we can crank out Yeah, tomorrow. it'd be good to get on a regular schedule. 
Well, like, I could just right now tell you for Wednesdays are going to be the best. Days. Yeah, like I, we could do Wednesdays and Saturdays every week. Mm-hmm. Regardless of it's just us or one or the other, Saturdays is always a year in review. Yeah. But just Wednesdays and Saturdays every fucking week is a podcast. Yeah, and if we have to add Tuesday, Wednesday. Yeah, just try and do two Tuesday, a week. Tuesday, Thursday, or whatever, Monday. Yeah. With our friends and whatever works for them, we fit them in. But I think we set Wednesdays and Saturdays. Saturdays are going to be a little rough because you know how I fell asleep this time. Like, okay, well, it could be Wednesday could be and one-day weekend. I think Saturday Sundays. or Sunday. So I think we should do Wednesday, Sundays, and fuck it. Like, even if we watch a movie Saturday, I'll, we write notes again, and then you watch your football, and then we jump on podcasts around 5 or 6. Yeah. I mean, that's not a bad idea. With Saturdays, we just kind of keep it calmer-ish. And just watch the movie, write notes, and and that's the thing we might have to get back to is writing notes and not just watching it and just doing it. Yeah, we should probably start doing that, especially for like the year in review stuff too. Yeah, because that's a month worth of movies we're trying to talk about. Yeah, I just hate. Well, now we're not getting too many foreign because we're in the 80s. Yeah, there's not much foreign. So that was the hardest with foreigns. You're trying to watch a foreign taking notes. Yeah. You you miss out on six other things because you didn't read it. Yeah. But. That's becoming less and less of an issue. Yeah. There'll be a few going forward. But 84, I've already got five movies that are guaranteed. (laughs) And. I don't know what we're going to do. Yeah, we've already watched four, I think. Revenge of the Nerds this year, too. I Revenge think. of the Nerds, yeah. That's streaming somewhere. Or it's on Plex. I think that's where it is. Yeah, I was going to say, I know her dad. i got to update the Netflix DVD list, because there's some that aren't streaming anywhere that we need to... Cause well, you have the sh- password and shit. Yeah, i got all that saved on my phone. I, I just haven't done it yet. Remove the 85s we didn't get and yeah. switch out the 84s. We gotta take that air conditioner out too. Put it in the basement. Do that. Or put it back under the. Well, I was just thinking maybe the basement might be the best storage spot for things. Why? You know, it's not just sitting underneath the goddammer. What's wrong with it being there? Nothing know. else is there. Yeah, I gotta fix mine. All right, yeah, let's shut this down. All uh, right, well, it's been real. Yep. Kevin Smith. It's all, It's available on street or not Voodoo. streaming, but it's available on digital. Yeah, it's like three ninety nine to rent, fourteen ninety nine to buy. Or was something. it available? I thought it was just available to buy. Maybe just to buy. But it was 15 bucks to buy. Yeah, so not bad. And if you're a Kevin Smith fan, it's definitely worth it. Or if you got friends. Yeah, well, other ways. But yeah, love ya. Station. Well, shit got a little loose. Hopefully you understood everything. Whether or not you agree or disagree with our take on the movies, hopefully you learned something or were at least entertained. So come back for more... Booze Booze and and bullshit. Bullshit.